The Chris and Joe Show. Brought to you by Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Hey, good afternoon. I'm Chris Merrill. He is Joe Heisinga, and we have been uh, discussing the economy. Uh, last week, Joe, you and I were talking about being middle class, and you said it's quite simple to be middle class. All you have to do is sacrifice some middle class things, and you can remain middle class. Yeah, it's evolving. All you have to do is just stop going out to eat, and then you can be middle class, or stop trying to buy a house, and then you can be middle class. I believe I said eat out less. I don't stop think trying I to said put your kids through college, and then you can live the eating? American dream. I love how you handle things over there. Just stop eating. We wanted to invite uh, an economist on to discuss the current state of things, right? Because one of the things that seems to be prevailing in politics is this notion that things are not great. Uh, so Jim Rounds is a Valley economist, and he joins us right now. And, and Jim, as much as we hear about uh, people are upset about inflation or inflation, I heard somebody over the weekend saying inflation just isn't letting up, they said. From an economist viewpoint, are we optimistic or are we pessimistic about the rest of 2024? Well, well first, I like how you all defined it. If you just spend less money, you're, you can be in middle class. So that works out great. That'd make my job easier. Right. Um, yeah, right. I mean, it depends on your individual uh, circumstances. But in terms of inflation, what, what people forget about is we've had pretty high inflation for a while, and now it's lower. There was a little bit of panic over it being 3% instead of, say, 2.5% recently. But it has to be below zero for prices to be coming down. So even if inflation goes from 10% down to 2.5% or 3%, we're still paying more each and every month. And so we actually have to see some deflation for a little while. And we're seeing that in energy and like with gas prices. Gas prices, when it was about $5.5 a gallon, there's about $2 in there that we couldn't reconcile. And now it's come down quite a bit. So I think it depends on your situation. And if you already had a home before prices escalated, um, if you have kids in college, like you guys were talking about, I mean, that's a legitimate issue, whether or not you're living month to month or you're comfortable and putting some money aside for a vacation. Yeah. So, Jim, you mentioned deflation. Help me understand this, because what I've always been told is deflation is bad. Uh, we want to see prices come back down. The only way that can happen is with deflation. But isn't deflation indicative of a recession or even the D word depression? Uh, is, how bad is deflation? We'd like to pay less, but how bad is deflation on a grand scale? Yeah, it, it, it really depends on the situation. And think about the last two recessions we had. The Great Recession, that was really, really unusual. And the only one more unusual than that was the COVID recession. So we went through these periods where the entire economy of the globe shut down, basically. And so it, it's uncharted waters right now when you're trying to figure out how you define economic data. And so normally you'd want to see inflation around uh, what we're seeing around 3% right now. It normally indicates a healthy economy, but people are paying way too much still, and we have to get that down. That's why the Federal Reserve Board is still tightening things up a little bit. We were on the front end of them maybe uh, lowering rates a little bit. Uh, I think they're going to hold off on that now. But it it's just different now. We have to have different definitions for how we look at things. Sometimes you can look at percentages and think they're good. Uh, like there was a discussion one time where they're saying, well, hey, money supply dropped by a certain percentage, like 5%. We haven't seen that since 1933. But it went up by 50% over a two-year period during that COVID period. So 
coming down by 5% really isn't that much. Like it's, it's just made it a mess in terms of doing the math. And so we're having to do a, we're having to analyze things completely different than how we did 10 years ago and 20 years ago. Talking with Valley economist Jim Rounds right now. And, and Jim, right off the top, you said, hey, it, it all depends how we define things. And it depends on the situation for people out there. But but this one, I, I'm hoping you can zero in on a couple factors for us. Chris and I have picked up on the fact that the lower class is growing a lot faster than the upper class. Why, why does that seem to be going on? Well, it, a lot of it had to do with the, the COVID recession actually hit lower income people the hardest. If you're making below 40000 a year, you had a 25% chance of losing your job. If you made about one hundred to 150000 a year, you probably net benefited financially because of all the extra incentives that were out there. The federal government spending trillions of dollars extra. We had a zero interest rates for a while and almost free access to a whole lot of money in the economy for a while. And so it really hit the lower income group. And these are the groups that are – now making more in terms of you know some of the minimum wage requirements, but also in terms of just what, what the uh, market will demand, but they're also going to be a group that's going to be displaced more. But it, it, when I actually looked up one time, how do you define lower class, uh, lower income class, middle income, upper income? And I, I think I saw 10 different definitions, but the one that I liked <laughs> the best was mid, middle class, uh, it, it was about 60000 to 100000 per worker. But that's what the data would show. But my gut feel, sometimes you just got to go with your gut feel. My gut feel is that each person in the household, you know, there's one and a half earners per household on average. I think they'd have to make about 75K each um, in order to be considered middle class just with all the extra burdens that there are, the debt from school, all sorts of things like that. So I kind of don't buy into just looking at the pure numbers. You got to go with that gut check as well. Could not agree more. Jim Rounds, a Valley economist. And Jim, uh, this is why Joe and I were talking about what is middle class. And in order to be middle class, sure, you might make that 60000 per income earner, uh, you know, per household or whatever it is, but it doesn't necessarily translate into I get to live the quote unquote middle class lifestyle. One of the things that we're still seeing, though, is uh, the price of groceries. Joe and I talked about this. In fact, our producer, Pablo, was talking about how he was just paying too much for bread. I told him, stop eating bread. Uh, he didn't need the carbs, but uh, he didn't want to listen to me. So, Jim, <laughs> is there is there a hangover, kind of a sticker shock hangover? In other words, if inflation is down to just two and a half or three percent right now, uh, year over year, it still feels like it's 20% more because it takes us a while to get used to sort of the new normal. Yeah, there's this term, and it's called sticky up. And Ooh, I'm writing you that have, down. When, yeah, so when you have prices – when you have prices declining, they jump back up really quick when the economy changes. When you have prices go up, they get stuck there for a while. They don't come down that quickly. And we saw that with price of gas for a while. You're going to see it with food and other things. It's going to take um, you know, people getting fed up with it, saying we're not going to pay that much. They're going to go to competitor products. Uh, and then the market will kick in, and it'll get back to normal. But it always seems like when the prices are up, they get stuck there for a while. They never get stuck down and benefit the consumer. But I see that happening in a lot of different categories. Valley economist Jim Rounds joining us here on the show. Jim, how will I know if I'm in the middle class? I make that, you know, 60 to 100K out there that you referenced just a moment ago. How will I know that things are getting better? What are a couple key things that that I can you know, keep an eye on as far as stories that I might see if I'm doing a Google search late at night or 
if I just happen to be looking at, you know, interest rate or grocery prices or, or gas prices, how do I know things are getting better? What would I look for? Yeah. What should I look for? So, so there's a couple of broad things. Um, what you want to do is you, you want to look at GDP, which is just the value of all the things that we make in the U.S. You, want to, you typically want to see that above 2.5%. It's been growing above that. It was like 3 to 3.5% 3 last time. Uh, you want to look at the monthly job growth. You want to see about 250,000 jobs each month, and we've been adding three to 350,000 jobs each month. So we've been growing at a rate a little bit more rapidly than we've been expecting. Um, the Federal Reserve Board's not going to be raising rates. They're looking for an excuse to lower them, but they got a little spooked by that inflation number. But yeah. we're probably going to see that come down closer to the summer. I don't think we're going to see a lot of action during election time because they don't want to be influencing that too much. So I think the hot time was going to be um, – early summer and you know maybe uh, they'll lower the uh we'll see a percent decline in, in rates over a couple of meetings it's funny you and say that Jim. Be a little yeah it's yeah. funny you say that about the feds not wanting to influence the election because is there if they lower the rates it would influence the, the election but if they don't lower the rates that also would influence the election they really they're damned if they do and damned if they don't aren't they in that regard yeah and so what do you do you just yeah. do nothing Okay. The safest thing to do will be to do nothing, but but it, it's a it's a big deal. These interest rates are a big deal, and and you know the biggest purchase that somebody makes is a home. And you know we had a period where people were buying you know four hundred fifty thousand dollars was a typical price home, three and a half percent interest. That's about a two thousand dollar mortgage payment. At seven and a half percent interest, it's a three thousand dollar month mortgage Ooh. payment. So you're you're basically losing one hundred fifty thousand dollars of value. So a lot of these people got into their homes and they got locked in at these low rates. They're just going to stay there for a while. We're going to see them running the Home Depot and Lowe's and all these other places to buy goods uh, to you know improve their homes, and they're going to try to stay put for a while. But if you missed out, housing is very expensive, and that's something that we have, have to work on across the nation. A lot of it has to do with finances. It's not just cities saying, no, we don't want to build. But that is part of it, though. Mm-hmm. So we have to build more homes. We have to build more affordable homes. Not everybody can go buy the medium price home, nor should you expect everybody to be buying the medium price home. If you don't make median income, you shouldn't be buying the medium price home. But we don't have enough rentals. We've got to be working on that. There's a lot of stuff that we can do at the state level to help people at the margin. But we're also bound by all these macroeconomic things that we're talking about. Valley economist Jim Rounds. Jim, thank you for checking in with us. We greatly appreciate it. Hey, hey thanks, guys.